So welcome to this episode of Clinically Pressed. We're continuing our board of directors interviews and we are with Jill O'Brien at her new space, which is awesome. I had not got a chance to get down here yet, but very nice. Um, down at O'Brien Physical Therapy in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And we were just gonna touch base on kind of, A, I'll mention why we wanted, to Jill, wanted Jill to be on the board and then also why she um, graciously accepted being on it. Uh, we've known Jill for a while, had her on uh, the podcast, which seems like forever ago now with just the way the world has been, mm -hmm. talking about runner recovery tips um, down at what used to be Granddad's mm -hmm. Half Marathon. Uh, and then we'll definitely be having more conversation. Uh, Jill does a lot of things in the physical therapy realm. Um, dry kneeling, pelvic health, mm -hmm. women's health, all kinds of different mm -hmm. uh, things. So we'll definitely have another one coming up. But um, before I keep rambling, just wanted to turn it over to you, Jill, to give a little bit more background on just what you do, who you are, and then we'll sure. kind of jump into some of those questions. Great. Um, I am Jill O'Brien. I um, own O'Brien Physical Therapy and Wellness here in La Crosse, just like Joel said. And I um, am a cash-based physical therapy clinic and primarily focus on uh, myself personally and professionally focus on pelvic health and uh, women's health and wellness. Um, in the clinic, we also have a personal trainer who focuses a lot also on women's health, running assessments, return to running, does a lot of pregnancy and postpartum care, and we're also starting to transition more into education and wellness and treatment surrounding kind of all transitions um, throughout a women's life, specifically moving into more pre-menopause and menopause transitions as well. And then we just brought on a pediatric physical therapist, which I'm super excited about. She focuses on pediatrics, pediatric pelvic health, and then also has a special interest in adolescent athletes. Um, and so we're super jazzed about her. And then I think it's almost final, um, but we are also bringing on an orthopedic physical therapist so that I can focus a little bit more on pelvic health. And so we're hoping to bring him on board uh, by the end of the summer. Fingers crossed that all of that works out. Um, and so we're really trying to transition more into a kind of a full wellness clinic offering functional nutrition um, assessments and treatment and then um, also personal training and trying to kind of cover all of the aspects of physical therapy and in that world. Awesome. Yeah. Well, as you heard, uh, a lot of those reasons are why we wanted to have uh, Jill join the board um, of Clinically Press. Uh, previous to it, the new location mm -hmm. was housed out of Cooley Health. It's mm -hmm. obviously uh, co-founder of Clinically Press, Kyle Boland, uh, working out there. I've, that group is fantastic uh, and just the whole collaborative and so that was definitely a reason we wanted to get Jill involved but also just the ties to the community mm -hmm. um, it's been kind of a funny thing as we put the board together like there was a couple of degrees of separation between everybody but uh -huh. not as many as I thought there was gonna be right. um, just happened to work out that way which has been pretty cool mm -hmm. as well but uh, 
kind of turning to you, what mm -hmm. made you want to add just, you know, another thing on top Shitty. of, you know, <laughs> the, the, everything else you got going on in life um, and being a part of the board? Yeah, no, it was great. And it was really, really good timing. I was on a board um, for another organization in town and that kind of dissolved. And so I really was looking for another way to um, reach out into the community my husband and I moved here in 2007 for his job. He's a professor at UWL, and we didn't know anyone in the community. We both came from Iowa. We didn't know a soul, and it has just been so awesome uh, how much we've become a part of the community and just how accepting this general area is. Um, we love living here. We now have a 10-year-old son, and um, the school systems are great, the, you know, healthcare institutions are great, um, and it just, it is just such an awesome community. And now having my own practice, I wanted to try to find a way to, you know, somewhat give back to that community and just become more integrated in the community, specifically in the health and wellness world, which is obviously something that I have a passion for. Um, and so when you approached me, it was just kind of perfect timing um, and it, you know, it's a great way to use my skills and um, to just be able to kind of um, reach all of the different aspects um, that I'm interested in. So I'm super excited. Kind of putting you on the spot, but unique skills, experience, you know, knowledge or whatever mm -hmm. you kind of choose to go with, um, do you have that help? with the goal of what we've kind of coined as, you know, making it complicated, mm -hmm. simple, just knowing your practice as a physical mm -hmm. therapist, some very complex um, areas right. you're working around and whatnot, right. but um, how do you see that time yeah. in? So um, that's a great question. Um, you know, I would say one of the things that I have brought into my practice the most is that you know kind of the you know the tagline that we're starting to use more and more often is just small changes and subtle shifts can eventually lead to a very big impact and so a lot of times people will come to me kind of after they've tried everything else i have a lot of really kind of complex pelvic health patients chronic pain patients usually find their way here and it's very overwhelming to them from the patient side. You know, I have all of these things wrong with me. I'm falling apart. Things, you know, there's there's so many things going on. And what we just keep trying to remind them is that they they are the drivers and they're the drivers in their care and we're kind of just helping to guide them and just making very small changes over time and just subtle shifts of um, different aspects of their life, whether that's movement or nutrition, um, hormonal changes, making any of those small changes can eventually lead to a big impact. Um, you know, a lot of times their issues are very multifactorial. And so as, as soon as you start impacting one of those factors, it usually kind of feeds over into the other ones as well. And so, um, it's, um, that's kind of, um, that's one of the ways that we kind of want to keep things simple. 
uh, is just putting them back in the driver's seat and not offering just passive care, making them be very active in their care as well. And so really trying to simplify things. And so I feel like, you know, when we've had discussions too, that's kind of your ultimate goal with sure. this as well, is just really trying to keep things simple um, and trying to not overwhelm people. Um, so. so you may have actually kind of answered this next question, but I'll see if you can <clears throat> yeah. have a, any more elaboration. What do you see as the biggest barrier for people to kind of get you know, healthy, active, mm -hmm. or improving their yeah. general yeah. well-being? Again, coming back to, I think it just, when you have someone who has something going on that is multifactorial, it is very overwhelming. Um, they think, you know, I need to be a part of this big fitness plan. I need to completely do a whole elimination diet and change my entire world. Right. And it really doesn't need to be that way. It's just really if they just start to make these small changes and subtle shifts in their life, they really do start to notice a difference. And then as soon as they start to feel, you know, that positive change, then they're like, oh, okay, I, this does work and I can continue to just make these conscious choices and decisions in my daily life that then end up making a bigger difference or a bigger impact in the long run. And so I feel like sometimes when things are multifactorial and they're very overwhelming, instead of just trying to make these small changes, we just shut down right. and then we just don't do anything. Yep. And so, you know, I see that, um, and that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why I do want to get a little bit more involved in the community because I think that we can make a difference. That sounds really cheesy, you know, no, I'm, I'm okay, with you. Yeah, yeah. you know, we can, we really can make a difference. And I think it's more just about educating people and making them an active participant in their care and putting them back in the driver's seat yep. versus you know, having them come in and offering them a medication or some sure. other sort of, you know, passive treatment. And sometimes that those things do need to come along with it. Yep. Um, but it's when we only do the passive treatments and take the patients, you know, take them out of the equation. That's when I don't feel that they are really um, going to see long-term changes or results. Absolutely. What has been one of the best resources that you found in your career to help yourself, mm -hmm. but then also patients or others that you've worked with and they can mm -hmm. be the same thing or they happen to be different? Um, you mean in regard to just like overall health and wellness? However you want to frame it would work um, for me. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would say, I mean, this is kind of a general answer. It's not really very specific, but I feel like, you know, it kind of takes a village. Like, I'm not going to be the only one that's going to be able to help the patient most of the time by myself. And so I would say the best resource that I have found for myself and for others is having a team of providers that I feel very comfortable with. Like before we started this, we were yeah. just having a conversation <laughs> of a couple providers at Mayo 
um, that you know we both think very highly of and working with Kyle and Erica at Cooley Health and having other chiropractors and nutritionists and fitness <clears throat> fitness folks um, in our community and being able to use them as resources mm -hmm. so when I have a patient who you know wants to go to a gym after we're kind of done with their care yep. um, or they don't have a chiropractor or they don't have a massage therapist or they do need to go into the system and have some sort of um, further assessment or imaging I think that has probably been one of my best resources is just kind of slowly over time growing this team of people who might not even know that they're on my team sure you sure. know but i have this team of people that i know that i can refer to that i know i can send them to this gym specifically and i know that they're going to get good care and yep. good guidance um versus just you know living in a much bigger city and not having maybe that close personal relationship sure. with all of the members of the team yeah yeah it's hard to find yeah people sometimes <laughs> exactly. and the ones that yeah trust and when you do you right yeah you, you yep. grab on and, close. yes absolutely yeah. uh kind of last question and again kind of sort of answer it we'll see if we can can kind of sure distill it down <clears throat> in what you do and then working now kind of with the board um of clinically press how do you make what is complicated simple hmm. um that's a great question um I would say, you know, I'm actually going to pull back into one of the um, posts that you made um, a few months ago and I commented on it and I just really like it and I've actually used it multiple times in the clinic. Um, but you called it little exercise snacks and oh, I yeah. just loved that. That was a Dr. Jagum I love, study that yeah. he pulled. He thought it was really interesting. It is really interesting. And so kind of, you know, elaborating on that a little bit, I just try to give my patients just small things to think about, small things to do. And I do a lot of education. I do a lot of education on anatomy. I do a lot of education on how all of our systems and how all of our histories kind of work together mm -hmm. um, to, you know, kind of create whatever issue they're having at that time. And so when I do that education and when I talk to them about that, it does kind of get to maybe seem a little bit overwhelming at first. But I feel like it's so important that they understand the anatomy, that they understand why it's going on so that they can then be their own advocate. They can be the, their own driver um, in their, you know, in their process. Um, but then offering them kind of these little pieces of snacks or little pieces of um, information that then they can take and change on their own as they go through their day. Um, I also try to incorporate it into their daily life. Yep. So I don't say, okay, go do these exercises for 45 minutes three times a day. Right. That's just obviously not realistic. And so trying to incorporate as much of these changes, whether it's nutrition or movement um, or even just breathing, um, taking a step away from their computer, just even to work on their mental health, all of that stuff kind of adds up. And so I try to keep it as simple as possible for them by 
just giving them small things to work on to incorporate throughout their day because that's what's really going to offer them long-term change sure you know giving them 45 minutes of exercise to do is just it's just not realistic anymore yep um and people just they're just not going to do it right and then you've kind of lost the patient at that point sure no i absolutely understand that well, appreciate you taking the yeah, time and thanks. to highlight uh, being on the board and look thanks. forward to what we could go in here yeah. in the near future. Awesome. Thanks, Joel. All thanks right. for coming down.